This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. Uh, let us turn our attention now, though, to what's happening in the Malaysian parliamentary scene. The 15th parliament reconvened for its first meeting of the third session on Monday with the Yang Dipertuan Agong Sultan Ibrahim delivering his inaugural royal address. In his speech, His Majesty stressed several key points which included not entertaining attempts to oust the ruling government, vetting the government's expenditure himself and reducing excessive red tape to improve efficiency, among others. Now, with several legislative amendments and bills expected to be tabled during this session and also as opposition MPs stage a walkout during the motion of thanks to the king yesterday. What's further in store for this parliamentary session? All right. For more thoughts on this, we have on the line with us Associate Professor Dr. Shaza Shukri uh, of the International Islamic University of Malaysia. She's also a visiting fellow at the ICS Yusuf Isha Institute in Singapore. Shaza, good morning. Thank you so much for joining us. What were your impressions of the message and tone set by the Yandi Patuan Agong in his inaugural royal address in Parliament? How does it contrast with previous parliamentary opening addresses? Good morning. Um, well, the Yang Diputuan Agong typically sets the tone for unity, national cohesion, you know, in, in a royal address. I'm talking about all other Yang Diputuan Agong before. So compared to previous addresses, how wh- what I think is that the current Yang Diputuan Agong's uh, inaugural royal address showed both continuity and change mm. um, in the sense that he emphasised on certain national issues and policies, but really it's not much different if anything, uh, some shift is perhaps in the priorities and what he views as a necessary response to contemporary political challenges. Maybe that's it. Uh, Sultan Ibrahim, as you said, placed greater focus on stability, economic mm-hmm. development, etc., uh, which I think reflects his views on the current needs of the people. But Shifai, we look not only at this current king, but the prior Mm. one. It appears to me, or at least we see them being more visible, maybe even being more politically active. Of course, during COVID, we had so many changes in government. Now, how have they evolved in terms from their traditional figurehead role? Well, I mean, you've already mentioned the key point here, right, that Typically, of course, the Yam Agung in Malaysia, uh, their role is largely ceremonial. But, but because of what happened during during COVID, we saw that uh, the last Yam Agung have become a bit more politically active, like you said. Uh, and the current one is is more personal, if I may say so, that he's a bit more involved, or he wishes to be more involved uh, in politics. So I know a lot of people are talking about this in terms of how this is going to affect uh, government, mm. uh, how it's going to affect governance. Um, I think it would be a problem uh, if there are political frictions, which uh, I don't see so much right now. I mean, clear friction. Yeah, of course, politics is always you know fraught with, with frustrations and whatnot, but uh, I see the Yam Tanagong, the Kuala Tanagong working well with the government. So at the moment, it doesn't seem like much of a problem to me yet. Okay. Are there any particular areas of friction that you would be keeping an eye out? What's, do you see any sources of potential conflict between the current uh, king and the government for now? Uh, not really. I mean, he's he's quite in his warning that he wants the government to work well. So if it's not working and 
the situation becomes worse if the opposition, um, I know, is able to uh, oust the government, for lack of a better word. If mm. that happens, maybe uh, the Yamtanago might step in and to the detriment of the current government. But for me, that's kind of far-fetched at the moment. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's turn our attention to what's happening in the Dewan Rakyat. So, what issues are you likely to see taking centre stage for this round, this sitting? Um, I mean, like most observers, I think we hope that the government will pay more attention to issues like the economy, right? Economic recovery, uh, reforms uh, in governance, uh, social unity. Again, these are things that have always been a, a top priority, but it's, 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 it's glaring right now that we need to pay more attention to these three uh, issues. But to be honest, yeah, I feel like a lot of Malaysia's issues really stem from uh, weak economic foundations, which really is, is, is decades long in the making. So we want the current government to rectify this, however painful it will be in the short run. But that's the hope. Once the economy is back on track or, shall I say, the people perceive the economy to be working, mm. then mm. we can solve the other issues like corruption, unity, etc. It's, it's always about the people's welfare. So hopefully that's what they're going to focus on. Mm. And I suppose those efforts are going to take place both in parliament as well as outside of the walls of parliament. Uh, but in terms of reforms, uh, are there any specific measures that you think uh, we could see pass through uh, this parliamentary sitting or at least uh, gain more attention or debates during this parliamentary sitting? Let's see. Um, none at the top of my head that, uh, um, how shall I say? Uh, yeah, none at the top of my head at the moment, to mm. be honest. Um, but I, I think those are the, the issues that I mentioned uh, are, are far-reaching and uh, they can look at uh, various measures on it. Um, but we will see. Mm-hmm. The other thing is, do you think the government is not really taking advantage of, excuse me, of its majority in the House to really push through a lot of bills which they otherwise can? I understand these things don't move over, you know, don't happen overnight, but can't most of it be expedited? I mean, yes, that's the reason why it's a bit difficult for me as well uh, to answer because, yeah, it has a majority, uh, quite a strong majority, but at the end of the day, I, I know this is something that we don't want to hear, but at the end of the day, it is a unity government. It is it's not a Pakatan Harapan government. And a lot of reforms that have been, you know, talked about, thrown about, it's, it's really a Pakatan Harapan manifesto, Pakatan Harapan or Pakatan Rakyat's fight for, for, for the past two decades. Um, so to push for them to 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 pass through these this, this reforms, these changes, it's a bit difficult because they have to balance with the expectations, with, with the partners uh, in the unity government. And on top of that, it, it, for me, it's not just that. Um, they know there's a, there's a big majority out there that, that is not on the government side. Um, so how do they balance that, those mm. people's expectations? Because this is politics. At the end of the day, they're thinking about who these people are going to vote for two years from now. So 
yeah, they could if they want to, but it's a bit more complicated. Right. And in that regard, um, Shaza, what do you make of the stability of this unity government or Madani government? We did have the king uh, state that uh, stability of the government is paramount. Uh, He did advise for uh, the government to serve out its term. But will that be enough to deter the opposition from uh, attempting to gain majority support in, in parliament? To be honest, I do think so, but uh, it's not so much because of what the king said. It's just that I feel that we've kind of reached a plateau in terms of the numbers, in terms of the balance. Um, I don't see uh, the opposition uh, again changing to the government just because lack of numbers. And I don't see for the defections as well, because I feel like if there are defections, they could have done so in the past, I don't know, past few months that we've seen all these defections. So I think at the moment is is quite stable in the sense that this is the, the current iteration of, of, of uh, those in, in parliament on both sides. Um, it's just a matter of what they do in parliament now, right? How mm. they use that time. And what do you make of the government's response to criticism of it in light of the demonstrations from civil society and even their remarks when you know uh, there are articles written about the weakness of the ringgit. Uh, okay. Uh, how they respond to the criticism? I think it could be improved. Yeah. I mean, they they've they've always kind of paid lip service to to this kind of changes. They're gonna do this. They're gonna do that. They're gonna work on it. But 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 you're right. I feel like more could have been done. Or maybe to be fair to the government, maybe we the people. Um, we want a lot to happen quickly just because, you know, we've been going through so much the past few years. Um, but, yeah, in terms of communication, definitely could be improved, should be improved. Um, it's not enough just to say, yep, we're working on it, but show us how, what are you doing? Uh, that could quell the criticism, which which I think that's the reason a lot of people are, are unhappy that they're not, speaking up enough, saying enough. Mm. Shahzad, thank you very much for speaking with us. That was Associate Professor Dr. Shahzad Shukri of the International Islamic University of Malaysia weighing in on the events in Parliament over the first few days of mm. this uh, latest parliamentary sitting, um, ending there with um, some thoughts on the go- how government is responding to criticism towards it. And I would have to say that I, I do think there should be some improvements in how they're communicating with the public. Yeah, but the reality is that it is a unity government, right? It's not just solely a Pakatan Harapan government. And the point is, every government wants to ensure that at the next elections, they're going to be back in power. Mm. But who's going to be brave enough to make the hard decisions that this country so desperately needs, which may not be popular with the, with the voting public, but it needs to be done? Well, 7.48am, we're going to head into some messages, but when we come back, we'll discuss, will consumers get sticker shock when the SSD rate hike comes into force? Stay tuned, BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.